0: Tech Yeah Podcast. That's pretty good. Welcome
1: to Tech Yeah After
0: Dark. Yeah, it's a late night. It's a late night show today. Late are this remote. Yeah, we're doing yeah. this real late. I'm going to I'm going to be up late editing this. It's going to be a real Dude, a
1: Be real honest, man. Do. Be honest, man, any adult beverages? Uh
0: no, actually I you know what's funny? It's like, um, this kind of happened last week. I was saying I drank on Saturday and felt terrible, didn't want to drink on Sunday. Exact same thing today. Could you <laughs> do it again, yesterday? dude? I'm
1: noticing a pattern.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think Saturdays are kind of my, uh, let's have some cocktails. I had actually a very eventful weekend, but first tell me about yours, Bill.
1: Uh, I did some flying this weekend, which was really nice. Um,
0: I saw a photo. I, did you night fly, bro?
1: I night flew on Thursday. Ah, uh, okay. And... Yeah, uh, which which was unbelievable. Um, it was kind of um, we 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 double dipped a little bit. So if part of the private pilot um, uh, requirements is you need three hours of night flying, which I don't think is enough. But there's there's three hours required, and then three hours of what they call uh, instrument time or hood time. And you, you literally put on glasses that block out the outside view. So it forces you to, to just fly with instruments, and your CFI says, you know, fly that way. Okay, now fly this way, um, you know, with with like a heading or whatever. So I was able to look up twice, and the two times that I looked up, I was like, oh, my God, this is so Awesome looking. Like the the full moon was out, and the there was a cloud layer below us, and the uh you know the clouds were lit up from the lights of the the city behind you know, under it. It was so yeah, gorgeous I, I looking. Saw a
0: picture it looked really nice.
1: Yeah, it's c- super cool looking, but I couldn't see it for like the entire flight because I I was in underneath the hood. So I the purpose of the flight was to not look outside. <laughs>
0: That's some real bullshit, if you ask me. Dude, it's some
1: real it's some real bullshit. Oh, it was so it was so fun though. Um, and then I was able to 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 fit in uh, a little bit shorter of a flight yesterday, which was really nice. And we just kind of were were local, um, Rancho Santa Margarita practice area. Literally just flew in circles and then came back and did some landings.
0: That's cool. What else you do this yeah. weekend? Anything anything exciting? Um, was able to more get flying. The... It seems like.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, flying was kind of the highlight, but uh, today we were out all day in the Little Alpha, so I got that mm-hmm. cleaned up, and it was, I mean, one of the nicest days we've had in months, at, at least one of the nicest weekend days we've had. Yeah, it
0: was really nice, actually. Super nice. So we
1: just kind of, you know, blasted around the coast and just had a fun time cruising around.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Was pretty
1: nice so tell me some of your tell me your your crazy tone zone weekend
0: it wasn't like that crazy it was just a it was very eventful like uh friday night um i went to a comedy show oh. i was i met a friend um we went and saw eliza schlesinger you know who that is she's like a netflix special blonde girl. uh she's not just... not by name the first
1: name was eliza you
0: said eliza schlesinger uh, it was funny. It was a really good show, actually. Uh, yeah. I like comedy shows in general. They're all they're always fun. Like I feel like comedy shows are as fun as like you're willing to have at them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh and this was a good show. So yeah, we had dinner, and did that, but you know, that's drinks at dinner, and then you got your two drink minimum at the club. So you're having some cocktails at a comedy show. And then yesterday Wait, she,
1: she's, I had She's the cute little blonde.
0: Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's a fun yeah, yeah, she's okay. a cute little blonde. It's actually funny. Her One of her openers was this... Uh, God, I, I can't remember her name, but she was she was great. And she was this brunette, this dark-haired girl. And she was a former stripper. And she was, like, super cute. And uh, had just super raunchy stripper cocaine jokes. And it was hilarious. Like, she crushed oh it. God. It was so funny. Yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yesterday, I had um, one of my really good friends is pregnant right now and she lives in san francisco and uh so some of her friends and her came down to la for the weekend to like just kind of like eat and stuff you know what i mean like um have like they didn't want to do a baby shower so she just kind of they kind of got a hotel room and did whatever and so they stayed at the sls which was really nice but um we ended up uh, kind of floating around yesterday i ended up driving them all over all over the place and um just ate a lot and went out and went out to Koreatown town last night and, um, you know, she obviously wasn't drinking, but the rest of us had some cocktails and, uh, that's the best just a part about
1: having somebody pregnant around is you always have a designated driver. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. But it was a awesome. lot. It was, we were all over town, you know, and it, mostly eating, but also drinking. And, uh, we actually ended up at like, we ended up at milk bar and, you know, eat ice cream and cake at eleven o'clock at night. It was uh one of those one of those nights, you know. But it was fun. Today was pretty uneventful though, and uh, but it was nice. It's nice having like tourists in town to do touristy things because it's so hard to like motivate yourself to do that when people aren't here. You know. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm LA's sure. so fun. It's it's so fun when like there's a reason to go do all those things and you know get all over the city
1: yeah but. and it, it you're right it is really hard to to have a reason if nobody's visiting because it's it can be such a pain in the ass
0: yeah it reminds me how much like how cool la is right to like you know be down in beverly hills and everyone's all dressed up and there's fancy cars and fancy hotels and you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um and then go to like korea town and it's all ethnic and cool and you know like just be in all these different places and see kind of all these sides of the city that you kind of avoid when you're just at home for the weekend doing laundry, you know. Like. Yeah. yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Otherwise, um, you know, it's been a pretty—I don't want to call it a slow tech news weekend, but an—or at least week—but not a super exciting tech news week. Like, there's no, um, there's no real like stories I felt that were super captivating. I mean, just some more, some more just Facebook couple, bullshit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, some more <laughs> Facebook bullshit. Yeah, there's just kind of like a there's been a few little stories here and there. I mean i th- I think it's probably as much a a factor of or function of it being slow tech news and really busy regular news.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably very true. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to get into the regular news of the week.
1: <laughs> no, no. This is where you come to escape the regular news. Hopefully, yeah, you've kind a- of. We, we've gotten into it a little bit too much recently, but yeah, we'll
0: steer clear. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about actually came from uh, from Alec in our chat, um, and uh, if you haven't, you feel free to join our Discord. I'll put the links uh, on our Facebook, or you can find them on our Twitter, um, and I'll put it on the YouTube version of this video too, and that's a Tech yeah Podcast for all those. Um, and it's about... Volvo, all right, let me, uh, this is from Car and Driver. Very sensible
1: um, Swedish automobile
0: manufacturer. Very sensible. This is Daniel Golson from Car and Driver, and let me find this little synopsis. Uh title story is, every Volvo will get in-car cameras to combat distraction and drunk driving. The brand says human behaviors are the most pressing current safety issue, namely speeding, distraction, and intoxication. Uh, I'll read some of this article back in 2007 Volvo announced its vision 2020 plan. The goal of which was to have zero fatalities or serious injuries in Volvo cars. The company has steadily been working to achieve the vision plan with new safety features and assistance systems coming out every year. Chief among them, Volvo's pilot assist suite of semi autonomous features. According to Volvo, the largest safety issue that automakers now face is that of human behavior. Going even further, it splits up behavior into three problem areas, speeding, intoxication, and distraction. Volvo already has taken a step towards solving the speed problem with recent announcements that it will be fitting a 112 mile per hour speed limiter into its cars. This week in Sweden, and uh, Gothenburg, Sweden, at what is called the Safety Moment Conference, Volvo detailed its plan to tackle the two other behaviors, with the biggest new innovation being the addition of driver-facing cameras to the interior of its upcoming cars. Something that they they've been working on for a while. These in cameras we standard in every Volvo in early 2020. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Let me try and find the part where it talks about how it's gonna ruin your life. Uh, the camera <laughs> system will monitor driver for both intoxication and a distraction, with slightly different solutions for each problem. The car will tell if a driver is too drowsy, drunk, or under the influence of drugs, and warn a driver not to operate the vehicle. If the person starts driving anyway, the car detects dangerous driving the car will take additional measures to take control and stop uh that's Hmm. pretty much that's pretty much the gist of it i mean there's quotes and stuff in here but uh you know basically it's gonna see if if you're if you're unfit to drive based on a standard it will tell you and if you continue to try and drive and drive poorly it will stop the vehicle uh bill what do you think about this i really like volvo Mm -hmm.
1: um so, I don't know, like like a lot of the technologies that we we talk about where right now it seems crazy, but when you look at similar technologies and you know the early adoption phase of them, people thought those things were crazy too, so I think with Volvo especially, they're obsessed with safety um they it was it was fifty nine nineteen fifty nine that they invented the three-point harness, the three-point seatbelt, and mm-hmm. they didn't patent that. They well, I should say they didn't patent. They did patent it, but it was an open patent, so anybody can use it that wanted to use it. And now, obviously, it's against the law to not drive with a seatbelt. And I'm sure you know a lot of our parents and grandparents came from a time where they either didn't have seatbelts or people you know if you did have seat belts, you didn't wear them um so there was i mean even with something that is now compulsory um an adoption phase where people just didn't want anything to do with seat belts. they thought it was restrictive they thought you know like well what if the car rolls over and sometimes it's safer if you're thrown from the car and it's like ridiculous things that now sound completely crazy um, Volvo was the first one to bring that to market. Um, they also did the rear-facing child seat. Um, they did side impact protection airbags. Um, they did whiplash protection. Like they've done a lot of development work on seats and the safety of seats and stuff. So they have like headrests that will shoot forward in a in a uh, rear-ending collision to help cradle your head. Um, and then like the inflatable curtain, So a lot of cars now will have like that curtain airbag that will block the, um, side windows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, and the B pillar and stuff. Um, so they have a history of, of innovating things that end up becoming commonplace. And a lot of people at the time kind of thought, well, this is going to be intrusive. It's going to be restrictive. um, I, f- my first thought on, on this technology is that, well, it's Volvo, so it'll probably be commonplace in 15 years. That being said, this feels like it's creepy.
0: Yeah. It's super creepy, right?
1: Yeah. Because yeah, it's I mean, taking, that's... it's taking into consideration like people, like um, Well, I should say it's not taking into consideration variations in human behavior. People Mm -hmm. might appear drunk or act drunk that are not, um, you know, and vice versa. People that are drunk might not act as if they were. So how are you going to, um, you know, take that into consideration?
0: Yeah. And, you know, I just, you know, I guess we will see how it works, you know, but it's like, like how drunk is drunk? Like I know like buzz driving is drunk driving and believe me, I'm not condoning anyone drive drunk. Like that's not really the issue here, but like, um, like does your, does the makeup of your face allow certain people to be more drunk than others? And still, you know what I mean? Like, is, Mm -hmm. is this like a strange scale of like, Oh, don't worry. Like you have really wide eyes, so you're fine. (laughs) It's not going to, you know what I mean? It's never going to think you're drunk. Um, that being said, uh, it's not compulsory. I mean, I don't think people um, drive Volvo so they can get turned and uh, you know what I mean, take it home yeah. from the club. Like, true, especially in this, yeah. a- especially in this age of Uber and everything. Like, um, you know, no one should be driving drunk, anyways. It's. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the, th- one of the things that always kind of shocks me is that as a society, like we are, we're so like. Um, I don't want to say judgmental, because it's kind of justified, but, you know, such a negative connotation with drunk driving, uh, for obvious reasons, but, you know, um, punitively, we are just like, I don't know, if you got 10 grand, you can get away with it. You know what I mean? Like, like we kind of, um, we don't, um, enforce it legally in a way that truly discourages it, unless you're poor, you know, like, uh, like, I mean, I know plenty of people that, have DUIs and continue to drive home from the bar you know what I mean like because you know like like anything else if you want to really prohibit an activity through um through laws or whatever like then the laws need to be strict if they if they threw you in jail for 30 days the first time you drunk drive no one would drunk drive you know what I mean like uh but um that being said, you know, this isn't compulsory. Volvos are safe cars. They're obviously trying to be on the forefront of safety. And I think this kind of fits in line with the kind of company we know them to be and uh, the kind of activity that they participate in. So, you know, I, it, it's it's creepy. It's kind of gross in the way it achieves this. But, yeah. um, but it's also like it's kind of in line with that company's motto. You know what I mean? Oh, like
1: uh, 100%. And the interesting part about it too, is it's an admission from a company that clearly has a track record of innovation in engineering safety into their vehicles without accounting for the real cause of incidents in, you know, 99% of the cases, which is the, the person driving the person yeah, behind absolutely. the wheel Um, and obviously that you'd have to take into consideration other cars as well, you know, other people, but you know, they're, they're kind of developing things like in an ideal world. If every car has this, how does the road how does road safety look, which is, you know, going back to 1959, making that patent an open patent. Um, but they're they're you know spending so much time and energy engineering to make these cars as safe as possible, rollover protection, uh, brake assist, lane departure assist, um, all, you know, adaptive cruise control, all this stuff. You can still go 120 miles an hour and jerk the wheel into a bridge embankment, or get yeah. super wasted and you know T-bone somebody in an intersection. Those things you can't engineer out. You can't. Yeah, I mean, it, let, you, you can't be fix fair. physics.
0: Like, if we were all um, good at driving and paying attention, we could all drive cars from the '80s or '70s and be completely safe. You know what I mean? It's that. Yeah. It's when you get people involved that it, every car is dangerous.
1: Absolutely. So this is this is kind of to me an admission
0: of that fact that
1: Volvo's like, look, we can only make these cars so safe. I mean, we could put four wheels on a gigantic pillow and, mm-hmm. you know, like somebody's still going to figure out a way to kill themselves in it, or somebody else. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And trying to address that fact, I think is, like I said, this is kind of a creepy version of what some future technology is going to be that's going to be main place, or, you know, you know, commonplace in, in cars. But um, I just don't, I don't like taking... I mean, it, they're fringe cases probably, but it's just, uh, when you just have like, if the car senses you're drunk, you know, I just, I don't like that.
0: Um, yeah, I don't want breathalyzers in every car, you know what I mean? Like, like well, I mean, at least a
1: breathalyzer would be a chemical, I mean, I mean even that's like, Hey, look, man, I can have three beers and, you know, be fine. And that may be the case for you. Um, you know, but. But some ninety-pound, you know, girl mm-hmm. that has a half a glass of wine might be, you know, under the the blood alcohol level, but you know, way more impaired. So there's some ambiguity there too. But I, I think the cameras, the sensor, like, hey, we're noticing that you're acting a little bit goofy. We're gonna pull the car over. I don't like an algorithm making that decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think of this, like, it's funny. Like, when I think of would I drive a Volvo like this, it's like, no, but I would definitely buy one for my kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like, I would never want this to be my car, but if it was someone I cared about or someone I was responsible for, uh, I would definitely put them behind the wheel of a car like that.
1: Yeah, I still think this is a stopgap, though, too. I mean, it's it's one, this is a, a half step away from, just fully autonomous cars and you know, you just, you hit the button and you move into the, the autonomous lane and you just wait until your exit and you know, freeway deaths plummet.
0: Yeah. I wonder if drunk people will be allowed to drive autonomous cars, you know, like, cause they would, they're well, not capable probably of probably going
1: to be control. different levels.
0: Yeah. But you won't be capable of taking control. Right. So it's like, if there needs to be someone that's capable of that too, yeah. you know, cause that, that's definitely going to be the rule for a long time is that, you know, yeah, you can have a self-driving car, but you need to be like ready to take control of it at any time. Like you can't sleep in it or anything, you know, like um so like I wonder when that where we're going where we're headed with this, but it's a it's an interesting question we really don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I, even now they have like different levels of autonomy and there are going to be, you know, there's you know like an autonomous vehicle that doesn't even have a steering wheel. Like you just basically sit in a box and it takes mm-hmm. you to your destination. And I don't, I don't know offhand what the names of those, uh, those levels are, but it's, you know, it's, I think it's like account, I think it's counting up. I think it's like one, two, three, four, five, and like five being fully autonomous and, uh, maybe even zero being nothing. So, you know, you can have, go ahead. ahead.
0: (laughs) I'm letting you this go. Is, you this go.
1: Is, this is remote tech. Yeah, um, this is
0: remote tech. Yeah, after dark. Yeah, this so is, like, this so like, like a, so like a level five,
1: you could be completely hammered. You could be blind, and you could jump in your level five autonomous car and be fine. But you can have, but you know, if if you're in a level two, you would have to be available to to jump in.
0: Yeah, I was just saying, like, what if, like, you remember we were talking about those uh, those trucks with the remote driving. Yeah. Like, uh, things like, yeah. like what if you ended up having to pay a monthly fee if you wanted to be able to sleep in your car and like, you would have a service where if your car detected something, you would immediately put like a remote access driver in the seat <laughs> of your car while you didn't even know the difference. You were just drunk and asleep in your driver's seat. It's
1: like, Hey, we we got a, we got a drunk we got a swerver.
0: Yeah. Like you would immediately just ping someone in, and they would just be sitting there ready like, cause that was their job. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like. jump in and drive your car oh that's too funny
1: that is really funny but it just goes back to the same problem you know like it's just you're just removing free will you know at every step this is just removing free will in the in the pursuit of perfection you know a a utopia where nobody dies where no one has an accident and which is a good thing to liberty is not
0: safety that's for sure
1: (laughs) no yeah it's a great thing to strive for but that this is going to be the constant conversation is when is it too much you know when do we just have to say hey man you know like we we're not we can but we're not going to prevent this from happening
0: yeah i mean i think that's kind of the the whole crux of it right is there's constantly there constantly needs to be a back and forth between um you know, what amount of liberty we're willing to give up in the name of, um, you know, public safety and the public good and what amount of liberty we think is important to retain uh, just for the sake of individuality or, you know what I mean? And, you know, definitely being able to drunk drive is not the hill to die on, you know, no. <laughs> like, not in any yeah. terms. No. Uh, uh, what was your uh, next story, Bill? I know you had a, had well, a, a Facebook yeah. sizzler coming at us.
1: Oh, yes perfect uh segue into facebook whenever we're talking about creepy big brother overlords anti-liberty
0: um, you, overlord uh, yeah, totalitarian uh you,
1: you gotta talk about freaking zuckerberg dude <laughs> i am sorry senator i will get back to you uh what
0: did he do what did he do this time what did he do this time?
1: So this is a story from Wired. Uh, Facebook stored millions of passwords in plain text. <laughs> Change mm. yours now.
0: <laughs> so this is just the That's first part. That's, That's good. Dude. Good administration right there.
1: Awesome. Awesome security. It's difficult to summarize all of Facebook's privacy um, misuse and security missteps in a, in a in one description. It just gets even harder. Um on Thursday following a report by Krebs on Security, Facebook acknowledged a bug in its password management system that caused hundreds of millions of user passwords for Facebook, Facebook Lite, which is the kind of like pared down Facebook, Facebook for third world countries and Instagram mm-hmm. to be stored as plain text in an in- internal platform to th- like I mean thousands of employees. Um Okay, yeah, this is right here. Yeah, this means that thousands of Facebook employees could have searched for and found them. Krebs reports that the passwords stretched back to those created in 2012. What the hell, Facebook, dude?
0: Yeah, I mean, at least it's only internal. But they have so many effing employees that it's like, who cares if it's internal? Like, you know, like, it's... That is it's so crazy because you know like we work at a company with a lot of data and a lot of customer info and like we're bad at it and even the idea on our end of having just like a text document with everyone's passwords on it is oh, ludicrous you know what i mean like it's lu- crazy honestly like i just had a google audit and like um like our big thing was like one of our unsubscribe links showed a uh, your email address in it like but it showed it to the person whose email it was like it wasn't even externally available and even that was like we need to encrypt this immediately like this is a big deal you know to think that somehow you could like oh yeah you know just have the passwords on this text doc it'll be fine you know and I, like it's so crazy like it's such a crazy idea that it's just like how does that happen like why does that document even exist it's so strange how, yeah
1: how how does that happen i <sighs> I mean, you you we've talked about Facebook so much and just how how dead it is to at least our generation. No one no one really uses it. It's it's basically just turned into a way to make sure or to to assure your family that you're still alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if there's any if there's any anything that I want to share with my family, I will you know, push it to Facebook. And usually it's from Instagram. Like I'll never actually post directly to Facebook. Yeah. It's always Um, that
0: second tick on Instagram for like Facebook and Twitter or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I have it
1: just defaulted to, to Twitter. And then every once in a while I'll post something to Facebook. Um, but the platform is so huge and so strong still, even despite, most millennials and under either not knowing what it is or abandoning it um it's i don't know when it's gonna die like how many of these stories need to happen and come out before it's just like you know half users or you know stop going on it i don't I've, yeah, i have i don't know when
0: it's you know i think the thing is i think it, i think this is something we see in like not just this type of news but like not to get into the politics, but even the political news of the era right now is it's like, it's not about the stories. It's like, there has to be consequences, right? Like it, we have to feel like a, a someone of authority has to bring consequences down for us to feel like it's a, like it's something to be worried about. You know what I mean? Like there's so much like, uh, like I think distrust with the way media is reported these days that it's like, if it's just a story we're told, we don't think it's anything to think of until it's like oh and then there were consequences for it and then we're like oh that's serious you know what i mean like it's it we we could tell stories about them giving up information and being hacked and and all these things all day and i think until someone's like hey like they're breaking the law like they're being sued or they're being fined like no one's going to or at least you know at least the older generation, they're not going to react to what's happening. You know what I mean? Until there's that kind of um, like solid uh, like point of, uh, of like violation. You know what I mean?
1: Man, I don't even know if that would do it. It's such an addiction at this point for everybody that even if you're, you know, yes, Facebook's evil. Yes. They have screwed with my data. Yes. They're selling it, but I still want to flip through my feed you know it's such a habit now that there needs to be something that breaks that habit and you know like we talked about the that dark day when Facebook was down for thirteen hours and and it wasn't even fully down but yeah, if all right. if you I'll never if forget you, <laughs> if, if you pull the plug on Facebook for forty eight hours straight I mean people will be going through major withdrawals but Oh my God. At the end of it, you'd be so much happier. And I think a lot less people would come back to it, you know, and, and monetarily, like if you sue Facebook or you, you know, throw Zuckerberg in jail or anything, it's still not going, like people are still going to go back to it. You have, I mean, one, you're going to hit them monetarily and two, you're going to have people abandon the platform, but that should be the punishment is for every one of these stories you're shut down for a day. Like, Facebook is just closed down. You know, you're
0: done. Yeah, I mean, that's really, I think, what it would take. I think you're right. It would have to be, like, a disruption. Like, uh, like a 48 hours, they're down all weekend, and then people have to find, mm-hmm. you know, everyone installs Line or, so, you know, something else to, yeah. like, communicate with. I'll be honest, like, the, the biggest reason I use Facebook now is, like, just Messenger. Like, I just have Messenger groups that have been in existence for... I feel like ever, you know what I mean? And we all just yeah. kind of chat on those or check into those. And, uh, I don't even know if I'd, I'd have a Facebook account if it wasn't for those things.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I, th- I'm, I don't really use messenger a whole lot, but it's basically just, I it's the forum where my family kind of, where I can passively share what's going on with my extended family. Really? I mean, my immediate family for the most part knows what's going on, but you know, yeah, I mean, your mom's using, on our
0: discord she's pretty yeah Maria's you know. listening
1: to this right now so she knows yeah. what's going on but she knows um, what's up
0: in tech at least that's for sure
1: She she's definitely up with tech um, yeah. but you know like extended family people you're not talking to all the time you know or or emailing you know there's no email chain or anything it's nice to be able to have a place where everybody is and you can share something and you know all your uncles and cousins and everybody can can check it out but
0: man yeah especially as you have families and stuff like you know my sister's got two two kids my brother's got three yeah. daughters like yeah. you know you you, you don't want to have to send photos out like to everybody you know it's nice to have a place where people can just be like can see what's up with you know the nephews and nieces and the fam and you know like it's not it's you can still stay connected in that way
1: and there are, are alternatives to it which you know there's alternatives to everything but it's just getting everybody on the same one is the tough part. You know, if we all decided to just say like, as a, as a society, we are all moving. We're, we're bringing back friendster (laughs) or or whatever. We're going back to MySpace. Like everyone would migrate to there. And then that platform would blow up and the CEO and the board members would get greedy of that company. And they would, you know, sell your data to, you know, huge data mining companies. Like it's, I don't think Zuckerberg is was born evil. I just think he grew into his evilness based off of the power and money that he got from from this platform. So it's not like there's going to be an alternative that is pure, you know, that will no. be, remain pure.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be I, I don't I don't think he's inherently evil. I think he's inherently a robot, but I think the the evil part is kind of the um Kind of, You know, it's funny, I was talking about this, um, so the people I hung out with yesterday when we went around town, like, they all kind of work in, in video games, right, and, uh, and like, technology, and we were talking about, actually, Apple, and like, they're complaining about, like, lightning cables, right, for iPhones, and, um, and I was just like, you know, they, they can't get rid of the lightning cable, because that would require going into a meeting and saying, um you know, we want to get rid of, uh, of lightning cables and it's like, well, we generate X amount of revenue in lightning cables a year. How are we going to replace that revenue? Well, we're not going to not replace that revenue. So we're selling lightning cables, right? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and I think that's just kind of, that's that slippery slope in corporations of how it's like, oh, we start doing things that are, that are evil or, or anti-consumer or, or mean-spirited simply because like, There's people employed simply to market and make lightning cables, right? Like our business runs not on getting smaller, but on getting bigger. And like, you know, if we need to come up with methods of more income, not shaving off ways to generate income so that people are, feel better about our business or we're, we're better, more ethical people, you know what I mean? (laughs) And, uh, and I think Facebook's just so deep down that well, um, that, that it's always going to be nefarious you know and especially mm. with what their product is it's it's always going to be nefarious the ways it's that us. they yeah their their product
1: know. is us
0: yeah and if that's their product the old you know the ways to generate income from that are always going to feel bad and always going to seem nefarious but uh the one thing i will say is storing passwords in a text document is real bad Yeah, you know? really stupid <laughs> like, real bad really
1: really stupid yeah, yeah, just like evolution. Like evolution doesn't take any steps backwards. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these mistakes yeah. are not usually walked back from in these companies not, too often.
0: Not usually. Uh, all right, I don't want to spend too much time beating up on Facebook because they're the worst anyway. Dude, like, we could be here all day beating <laughs> Yeah, up we could on be here Facebook. all day. I feel like we've done so many shows of us being like, "Man, what the fuck, Facebook?" Yeah, that Facebook it's like hard sucks. To... It's hard to like continue being like what the fuck Facebook.
1: <laughs> well, especially cuz like as we're talking about this, we're probably both browsing Facebook.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're both on Facebook right now. I'm not, thank God, on Facebook, but I have it most of the day. So, um, yeah. so I just want to talk about something real quick, and this kind of ties into a story earlier in the week that we didn't get a chance to talk about. We talked about it on the gaming show quite a bit, which is uh, you know, that Google announced that they're having a um a streaming gaming platform called Google Stadia and um, kind of with that in the news, I just saw a story yesterday come out that uh, Apple could be announcing a gaming service um, at an event on Monday. so tomorrow uh, this story from Gizmodo from Katie Keck. Uh, it says Apple's highly anticipated Monday event will likely see an unveiling of Apple's forthcoming TV streaming and subscription news service. But there's a possibility that Apple may also touch on its rumored subscription game service. Uh, the game service reported by Cheddar in July, whatever Cheddar is, I guess it's an Apple site. Yeah, what the uh, hell is we'll, I have no idea. With two Ds. We'll, uh, yeah, C-H-E-D-D-A-R. Will reportedly focus on building games for its iPhones and iPads and will essentially function as a Netflix for gaming. Bloomberg reported that Apple may discuss the service during its Monday event, but said the company could also hold off until June, when it holds Worldwide Developers Conference, citing sources familiar with the company's plan for the service. Uh, The company would collect monthly fees and divide up the revenue between developers based on how much time users spent playing their games, one of the people said. Apple is likely to consider paid titles on the App Store and would exclude titles that are free to download but generate revenue via in-app purchases. Apple did not immediately return a request for a comment. Um, so you know, I just think it's uh, it's interesting. and I think uh, you know, probably a lot of our listeners, more so than the gaming, really um, haven't heard as much about the, these kind of uh, streaming game services or you know like um, like the kind of the push, I think in this the technology industry uh, between Alphabet and Apple now. Uh, Microsoft's trying to do something similar. Um, of a pure streaming contents for everything from movies to music, which we already see. And now with, uh, with games and mobile games is what Apple's trying to do. Um, so what do you think, Bill, what are we going to do?
1: Uh, I think this is pretty exciting. Um, have you seen that? I mean, I'm sure you have, but that the CNN series on the decades, have you seen that mm-hmm. it's like it's on Netflix it's like the 2000s oh, and the 90s Yeah I didn't
0: know it was CNN but yeah I've, I've I think I watched the 2000s one
1: Yeah yeah CNN is the the studio and it's not their news organization if I'm correct I think it's like a different kind of like sub studio mm-hmm. within CNN but whatever um, so we we just watched the first two or three episodes of the 2000s one and it was all about TV in the 2000s, which was really, really interesting. Um, a lot of shows that you kind of forget about, you're like, oh, my God, like that show is so huge, I completely forgot about that one. Um, you know, they, they talked about The Wire, The Shield, uh, Lost, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, Six Feet Under, like all, you know, just kind of from, from multi-camera sitcoms to single-camera premium shows. And it was interesting to see how the industry and society was um, kind of being... I don't know. It, it's it's kind of complex because certain things were happening at the same time. Like the Big Bang Theory was super popular. Everyone Loves Raymond and The Sopranos were all kind of at the same time. And those are two very different genres that were yeah. both very popular at the same time. But it, it was definitely the beginning of that... like. Single camera, no commercial, um, almost like small movie every week kind of content that was really, really high quality, and it started the the high quality entertainment was going from the movies to TV. And people Mm -hmm. were spending money on HBO subscriptions. They were watching Sex and the City, The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, Showtime. Even like ER,
0: like for a network version, you know, so good. Yeah,
1: and and people, you know, would still sit through commercials, you know, on on those ER shows and stuff. And then TiVo came in and, you know, things started to shift because of those DVR devices. Um, But basically it's... It was been, it's been really cool to see the progression from how shows were developed before and now just the massive amount of content that we have, which means that we have a lot more bad shows out there as well. But you have all of these um, studios now that have realized that this monthly subscription model is a way to guarantee funding to greenlight a bunch of stuff. And what mm-hmm. that means is that all the things that CBS, NBC, you know, you know, know, the network shows that were passing 20 years ago on, um, they're getting made. Things are getting made, and we're starting to get a lot. Again, it's a volume game, so there's a lot more crappy stuff out there, but we're getting a lot more really, really good stuff. So Apple coming into this space, they already have a bunch of cash, so they can immediately start investing in stuff, whether it's games or or movies, TV shows, whatever, um, you know, Disney's coming out with their streaming service. Everyone's starting to realize that this is the way to to generate content in hopes to or just have a better chance at that like hit cultural phenomenon show. It's super interesting, and I'm happy that companies are actually making money off of it too. Because I don't, you know, just the old way was slowly dying. And yeah, stifling I think creativity. Uh, oh, go
0: ahead. I just think like with um, you know, the the thing that happened with streaming too, like 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 you're saying is with older shows, you know, like in the 90s, like it's amazing to go back and watch those shows and see how terrible they are. You know what I mean like uh like just this kind of formulaic uh, sitcoms and how bad they are and you realize that you know these shows were designed around um like these like Nielsen polling and like, you know, these these systems that were very unintelligent in the way they collected data and the way uh, they measured success and the way that they could sell ad revenue across those shows. So it was very important to have these like short snippet, like standalone, like, like you didn't want people to have to like watch a ton of shows to like know what was going on or, you know, like to have to like, to have to actually pay attention to the show, you know, like you want them to be able to have it on while they're eating dinner so you could show them their commercials and, you know, as we've kind of moved into the streaming thing and as kind of HBO was smarter, like you were saying in the two thousands about the nature of their shows and, and not being so, um, so forced to ensure that people were like there for the commercial or, you know, didn't want to like get up or didn't want to, you know, um, that, that the quality was able to come up to such a high level. And I, am I'm, I'm excited to see, cause you know, with games, this is something we talked about, um, with the Google thing, um, on the gaming show was that, you know, um, with you know with games right now and especially with uh with with a lot of games like you spend $60 when you buy a game or you know if it's an if it's a mobile game maybe you spend $10 on it right but you know the developer of that game knows that you're uh you're already kind of financially invested in that game so um so they kind of um they don't really have to ramp you in in a fun way you know what i mean and and so so having that and but the, the free to play games don't have that, right? So they they kind of have this sort of trashy like kind of network TV feeling where it's like I'll keep them you know you got to keep them wrapped up. You got to make sure they spend some money or make sure they watch they stay for the commercial or they watch the commercial and by ensuring that revenue through these um, kind of netflix Four type services you know it really makes it so it's like how do we create an experience that's like engaging and fun like like how do we display this product in the way we want to that we think is going to be the most enjoyable as opposed to how do we display this product in the way that is the most monetarily viable or the way that will generate the most income or allow us to sell the most ads which i think is exciting
1: yeah like one of the things that that documentary was saying in the 2000s about hbo is that they were they weren't making a show for everybody they were making a show for a specific person like a narrower person like sex in the city was not for everybody but the particular mm-hmm. people that that show was made for loved it and that made them come back to hbo you know year after year to make sure they don't miss that show for them and that, that who's who your who's
0: your girl in sex and sex in the city dude, i want to know dude charlotte dude of course me too. people are always hating on Charlotte, bro. She was dude. a real, she was a straight fox, dude. She was a cutie. Yeah, she was such a cutie. All right, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for the interstitial. Well, just, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, and I, I hope that that's the same way that games start going to because a lot of the AAA games that have happened or that have come out, you know, in the the recent, um, in you know, the last couple years at least, have just been bland. You know, there was there's nothing they're just they're trying because the it's getting so competitive and fewer games are getting made Uh, you know like Ubisoft is a good example like they've got some really cool IPs and when when Assassin's Creed first came out when some of the Tom Clancy games first came out like those were really innovative really interesting cool games unique gameplay unique stories being told and now they're just like, I mean, I got Wildlands and it's just an empty wasteland of nothing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. go here and kill this guy, you know, and I just get bored immediately. But if there was, you know, 15 other games to choose from that are kind of equally of the same or, you know, on, on equal quality levels, um to pick from you know one of those 15 might be just like my perfect game and like okay now i have to come back to to you know to this service next year but now i'm just like i'm not gonna buy another assassin's creed game you know they're not just not gonna do it for me or i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy the next you know uh tom clancy
0: you know permutation or whatever
1: and don't even talk to
0: that you know you love siege bro
1: siege is awesome but that's an example i mean that that's that's a diamond in the rough kind of thing you know Where they 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 found a different formula and it worked and you know and what's kind of weird is that no one copied it and they haven't come out with a second one yet
0: yeah i just i I think the thing with that game is it would just take it takes so much work to get a game like that i mean they've been working on that game for five years now it just takes you know like like as a live game it just takes so much work to get a game like that into a place that so balanced. it makes sense and it balance and it's playable you know like the game was really bad when it came out because it's just so it's just so much stuff but i think to what you were saying like i do tend to agree i mean i think there are you know i'm not as pessimistic about the games that are out now but i do agree that uh they are trying to cater to a larger audience and i think it's funny you know a game like red dead 2 like uh i don't know if you enjoyed that or not but um you know that game kind of caught a lot of gruff for not being, you know, a lot of people loved it, but a lot of people kind of didn't like it as much as the first, or had negative things to say about it, because it is very much like a a um, like the Sopranos style game. You know what I mean? It's very much a story driven game that is not made for everyone. You know what I mean? Like there's a specific audience for that game, and um, and just by being that way. It turned a lot of people off, but that kind of game in a um, in a subscription style service would be so more strong, right? Like if you yeah. weren't paying extra yeah. for it and you just stumbled into a game like that that really spoke to you, uh mm-hmm. you know, it could really be powerful, right? As a as a tool, I think it still is powerful. I think it's still a great game and and was oh, yeah. celebrated, Rockstar is but... the HBO,
1: yeah. Rockstar is the HBO of video games for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely um but yeah i do agree i mean i think a lot of these games even ones that were very well regarded or popular lately uh haven't really spoken to me in that way because like you said they're not always they're they're trying to be written for a large audience you know what i mean you gotta you gotta capture as much as you can in this era to with the cost of games you know games costing a hundred to two hundred million dollars to make you know um you really do need to get wide adoption to justify the cost of some of these AAA titles. And, uh, you know, I, I would hopefully a subscription service like that could bear that, turn that down a little bit. Uh, my only concern is that our infrastructure is not in the place to support that right now. You know, when we have yeah, no, data caps and you know what I mean? But it's, it's yeah. getting there. I'd say we're really 10 years away from games being able to be on a Netflix style service just because games require so much more data than uh than streaming video does yeah I mean if, you if you've
1: got your if you got your PS4 your Xbox or your PC plugged in you know hardline into the internet you know in those cases it's going to be fine a lot of people are gaming mobile now which you know has constraints but um it's cl- it's close I just you know like the the games that have come out recently um. You know, they're like, like you said before, companies are not going to decide to make less money. You know, it's they need to make more than the last one made. And the only way to do Mm -hmm. that is to gain more customers. And the only way to do that is to be more, have a broader appeal.
0: Yeah. Well, I think what's exciting about these like subscription services is. Or at least with you know what Google was talking about doing. So you know it what if you don't know, like we've been talking about this for ten minutes. But uh, Google wants to offer a, a game streaming service, so you don't download the games at all. And I just think Apple's probably going to be trying to do something similar, where as opposed to um, you know storing all these games on your computer, or your phone, and um, and having to install things and update them all the time, you'd pay a flat fee, you'd have access to a library of games that would be remotely sent to you right like you could you could play them via the cloud right and i think uh, you don't have to buy a specific piece of hardware to run it you don't have to buy a playstation you don't have to buy an xbox and i think what's exciting about that because of like what you're saying is you know um it it creates a customer base it makes everyone your customer now right like they don't have to buy a, a ps4 to to be in your ecosystem right like like your mom might watch a youtube video and you know the someone might say you know oh, I, I love this puzzle game or you know because it, it you know makes me feel smart or you know what i mean like it just it's it's good for me or it's a lot of fun or it makes me happy and can immediately start playing that game via one of these streaming services without downloading it without buying a game and console using their existing hardware and um and, you know, and then, then that monetization method within that can be decided. If it's a monthly fee, if it's an in-game purchase, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I just think that's that's exci- that's exciting and that is a way to expand these things and, and be able to make niche games that still have a, a wide audience appeal. Because at this point now, you know, all Apple users are your audience or all Google users are your audience as opposed to, you know, the... The forty million people that own a PlayStation or the twenty million people that own a gaming PC, you know what I mean? Uh now it's the billion people that, you know, have a have an Apple account or a Google account.
1: Yeah, well, it's just I mean, they're they're looking at the business model and the trends and everything, and they're they're just doing the math. Um I mean, like mm-hmm. what's what's like a good niche kind of cult game that's come out in the last couple of years?
0: That um... was good but didn't sell a bunch uh i would say okay i think the best example is because it's a game everyone's heard of but not a lot of people buy is like the metroid series of games right that nintendo makes that game actually like they actually weren't going to make them because japan hates those games and they don't sell that many in the united states but everyone likes it because it's like a a a retro franchise you know what i mean um like there's another one supposed to come out it's totally troubled because You know they they just don't like them in Japan. Like people just don't buy those games, right? Or like Zelda games is kind of a similar thing.
1: Yeah. So it just take Metroid. Like if if Metroid is kind of like a niche game, it's kind of cult. The people that like it love it. But you know if it's if it's a sixty dollar game and a million people buy the game, that's sixty million dollars. The only Mm -hmm. way to get more money for the next release is for more people to play and like that game. Now if you're only selling to the people that like that game and that number isn't growing you know it's not shrinking you're going to make another 60 million dollars and like we've talked about if it's not plus it's negative and you're you know you're not going to get greenlit the next time now yeah it's not getting cheaper to make it that's for sure no well that's even a better point it's going to be more expensive next time and you're only going to you're going to make the same amount of money now if Instead of selling a $60 game to a million people, let's say you have a streaming service and you sell a $10 subscription to 15 million people, and so that's you know 120, uh, yeah, $120 a month to 15 million people. Um, You know, you can make a lot more different games, and you're up in the billions of dollars. So now you've got some headroom, and you can. You know, green light some weird passion project by somebody, and you know you can be known, start building the brand of having all of these different IPs for everybody, and then that fifteen million grows to twenty million, and then twenty five, and then thirty, and now you're making just crazy money, and that's what you know. I think the Netflix model was originally is yeah. I mean you can you can rent a movie on the internet or on your your cable TV or something, but you know, what if you just had a flat fee and you can watch as much as you want? Um, you're only gonna watch so much, you know, so yeah. it, it's it's not like you're putting an extra. Well it gives strain. these things a
0: shelf life too, you know what I mean? Like yeah. right now with games, a lot of times people don't buy them after their initial, you know, uh release window, right? Because it's like you want to be you wanna be kind of part of a conversation if you're gonna spend sixty bucks on a game, you wanna be part of like you know, the conversation socially or on Facebook or with your friends or, you know what I mean? You guys all want to kind of play it at the same time. Whereas if it is a subscription service, you can kind of just decide like, you know, Hey, like this, this Metroid games on the service, let's just, let's try it this week. or You know what I mean? Or, Hey, did you try this one yet? Like uh, I saw it on, on whatever game flicks, you know what I mean? Like, let's give it a shot. And uh, since you're already signed up, there's no, uh, there's no barrier to, to entry to get into that you know
1: no and like word of mouth and reviews become less of a thing because i mean even to this day i mean i still watch game reviews now you know if i'm kind of on the fence on it if it didn't matter like if it was just ready to play and all i had to do is try it i wouldn't watch game reviews anymore i wouldn't care what the metacritic score was or what ign thought about it i just go play it you know because there's been so many times where a game review has been really good and i I hated it and the other you know where it's been bad and i loved it so you know and i still have to go back to that
0: more like that social buzz that would kind of get you to try things right where like somebody's like hey did you try this yet and you just be like no and they're like try it then you do you know what i mean like that's kind of how it is with netflix right is Someone mentions a show, and it's like you need to watch this, you know. And then you yeah, try, it and there is
1: no, yeah. You just go like, yeah, all right, I'll give it a shot. And you watch yeah, one and episode, you're... And like, yeah, it wasn't really for me, you know. And it's like it's no big deal. You didn't spend sixty dollars in the game, you know, and trade it back to GameStop
0: for twelve dollars. Yeah, and and no one you... had to bring you like a copy to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah.
1: Just like, yeah, I am I'm just going to pop this in and try it. And yeah, Netroid isn't for me. Let's move. You know, let's go back to Red Dead. And you know, it's no, no big deal. That's the, I mean, that's what gaming is going to be ten years from now. One
0: hundred percent. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. So I think the. Uh, I think the. The the message of this uh, episode is uh, the future's going to be crazy, support, man. Yes,
1: yeah, support streaming services.
0: Yeah, the future is going to be wacky, man. You're gonna. Your car's gonna tell you you're too drunk, and uh, you're gonna stream all your games. So. <laughs> Uh, oh, the future
1: is gonna be a fucked up thing man
0: it is gonna be a fucked up thing <laughs> but thank you so much for uh for joining me this this late night tech yeah uh episode
1: this was a good tech yeah um a little bit fueled by the grape if i yeah a little bit to you honest. know little,
0: you gotta get a little you gotta get a little of that vino going you know what i yeah. mean yeah but uh and uh, everyone out there i really appreciate you guys listening and hanging out with us for a bit and uh expect to uh to see an actor show uh early in the week here me and bill gotta get down to the studio yeah i hope i hope everybody
1: learns something okay so here here's what i want to um ask our typs to join yeah join our discord um Mm -hmm. we'll have the links available for that someplace be you'll find it
0: (laughs) Um, yeah i'm gonna have them they're on facebook twitter okay uh, tech app cool. podcast and they're going to be on the youtube version of this video so if worst case scenario just youtube this episode you can find it okay cool so there's there's f- i guess
1: four then methods of this so you've got the youtube comment section you've got facebook comment section you could retweet us or comment back or you can email us at tech app podcast at gmail.com but we need from you two pieces of information the month that you were born and the date. So mine is February 8. So just send us that um, in any one of those platforms and we will give you a shout out for an upcoming little experiment that we've
0: It's that a we've fun got. thing. Don't worry. It's not going to be creepy. Yeah. I, he it's just said creepy. this and I know what he's thinking right now. And yeah. uh, it's fun, not creepy. And so, if yeah, please, if you could share share with us just the the month and day you have, to, you have to tell us the year how old yeah, you are tell us the
1: year yeah just the even give us
0: your real name it could be like no. you know i'm i'm chico <laughs> 47 and my birthday is you know april 17th and yeah. uh that is plenty and we you know we're gonna to
1: play yeah we're gonna play a little game
0: called florida man now people are gonna know what it is all right <laughs> well no one well, knows what you. that is uh, okay yeah you're right plenty all of people right.
1: do plenty of people do for those of you that do know we'll play it live with you for those of you that don't know send us your your month and your date and we will play florida man and you'll see how amazing it is
0: yeah we just we appreciate it we appreciate you guys listening bottom bottom line even if you don't want to play florida yes. man with us <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out thank you guys for listening we love you all love you guys right.